Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's going great, as always. How are you? Pretty good. Um, Getting ready for signing day a little bit. We've been both doing, I think, a little bit of prep over the last couple of days. Um, It's interesting. We're, We're in, like, a spot where... I think for, for a couple of years, uh, this signing day like felt like nothing, right? Like there have been some years where we, since we've been working together, which is since the early signing period came about where um, right. there were like years where like, are they going to sign anyone? Maybe one guy, maybe two guys. It's a little bit, it feels like for whatever reason, maybe the transfer portals played into it where um, it's a little bit harder for guys to find their spots by December. And there's, there's some, right leverage they can get by, by holding on a little bit longer and waiting to see where all the, the dominoes and the chips fall. Um, but for whatever reason, Miami's like in on a lot of really, not, not just a lot of names right now, but a lot of really big names, uh, multiple five stars slated to visit this weekend, including Shamar Stewart, uh, five-star defensive lineman from Monsignor Pace uh, up in Miami gardens, a couple of other local guys from Cardinal Gibbons. Um, you know, it, it is, it's a spot where, the, the the floor of this class has already become pretty good because of what Mario Cristobal has done to supplement uh, what I think Manny Diaz did relatively well on a small scale. Um, but it has a chance this, by the time we talk next week, to, to be one of the, the best classes in the country, just full stop. But there's a lot of variance of where it can go depending on who they actually are able to land this weekend. You think they could really be one of the one of the top? I mean, I, they're not going to. I mean, this class I mean, is going to be bigger than like fifteen guys or whatever, right? So it's never going to be like ranked tenth or whatever. But if you just look at those fifteen guys, like you know, I think they have ten commits right now, and nine are, are four star recruits or better. Three are top one hundred recruits. Um, you know, they have a chance to get up to. Let's say they get to. 15 or whatever there's there's a real chance that like 12 of those guys are, are four-star recruits you know maybe a five-star in there if they can get Shamar Stewart it has a chance right. to be a really good class for for its size in particular which is you know I think across the country you're going to see a lot of small classes probably I think we're already seeing that uh because of the transfer report or because of that extra COVID year really um where you don't need necessarily need to fill the roster out in the same way and obviously Miami has been really active in the transfer portal too uh, we exactly. talked about a couple of guys last week. They've added a few more this week. Um, so, you know, they, they got a chance to, to finish strong here. Yeah, they do. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the rankings then don't really uh, – There's, I guess there's so much predicated on the number of guys they get. Yes. That, um, like you said, it just depends, uh, how, you know, how they, how they end up doing if they get some of those – you know, heavy hitters they're going after. So, um, but, you know, it's obvious Mario is, is an intense recruiter, right? And that's, he's kind of, uh, well, I, I, I really don't know what, obviously he's still involved with the, with the coaching searches for the coordinators yeah. um, because we don't know the real specifics of that, the details, but um, I think he's going, you know, full, full force on the, on the recruiting trail. So, yeah. yeah, I think the, it's an interesting, it's kind of an interesting decision he has made here where 
you know, in the end, is it going to hurt them with some recruits that they don't have a defensive coordinator in place? It might. Um, you know, Shamar Stewart is, again, the number one player in the state, basically, you know, down to Miami, Texas A&M, and Georgia. And, you know, he's a guy who, with his size, he is a uh, – let me make sure I have his measurables right in front of me. Uh, on 24-7, which, which this is pretty close to accurate, 6'6", 272, like – He's a defensive end at, at pace, and if you're running a 4-3, he could maybe be a defensive end. Um, and certainly if you're in a 3-4, he, he's going to play defensive end. But, you know, I know he'd prefer to play in a 4-3 than a 3-4. Um, right. Uh, maybe what some defensive co- – he wants to be a defensive end. If a defensive coordinator gets there and it's like, oh, you, we want you to be a defensive tackle instead because you've he got – He doesn't want that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a tough spot. Like, they've made this kind of uh, – trade-off here where Mario is going to go is gone all in on recruiting you can you can tell like he is out on in-home visits as frequently as possible and right. you know you can obviously walk and chew gum at the same time I'm sure he's still heavily involved in the, the coaching search right now but uh, they, they've clearly prioritized just trying to finish strong and recruiting over rushing to make sure you have this staff filled and it'll be interesting to see how it, it plays out because like I said will it ultimately cost you with a guy <laughs> Maybe, but uh, they're they're betting that it'll do more good than bad in terms of talent acquisition, uh, but by just going all out and, and making recruiting the primary focus. Right. Um, what? By the way, what what do you? Uh, Mario's really obviously into linemen. Yes, a lot of linemen. <laughs> yeah, on both sides, both sides of the ball, um, and I'm wondering about this uh, Josh Connor Connerly. Connerly. Yeah. How do you say his name? I think it's Connerly. Okay. Um, you know, what kind of chance does he have with him? Well, he's a um, a West Coast guy, Josh Connerly, five-star uh, offensive lineman uh, from Rainier Beach in Seattle. So, obviously, not too far from Oregon there. Um, right. You know, it seems like it's an uphill battle for Miami right now. Um, I think – Michigan has been kind of viewed as the favorite for a long time. Uh, right. Down Washington is in there. Uh, you know, we took a, a visit to Oklahoma a couple of weeks yeah. back. Uh, so it seemed, you know, Oregon was obviously uh, a factor. The, the, right. The, kind of, right. The theme you look at with all these offensive linemen in particular that they've offered, but defensive linemen too, um, you know, Ahmad Moten from uh Cardinal Gibbons, a defensive tackle they're looking at, was being heavily recruited by Cristobal at Oregon. But, you know, it's, right. it's a theme you look at with all the offensive linemen they're offering. They are guys that Mario and Alex Mirabal had a pre-existing relationship with. Um, you know, there's some guys here who were maybe Oregon leans or, or even Oregon commits, like Dave Iuli, uh, who seems like they have a really good chance to land, um, another mm-hmm. West Coast guy. Um so they've got a relationship with Connerly that goes back more than just the whatever, however many weeks Miami has been recruiting him. But, you know, it seems like it's an uphill battle, but Miami gets the last official visit. And that's always a good thing that you, you yeah, want always, to be the last one. Uh, always yeah. good. Over the years, especially with the weather. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's January. What, what do you think the weather is in uh, Seattle right now? Oh. Uh, Although they're getting a cold weekend here in South Florida, right? It's supposed, I was just reading we're supposed to have temperatures um, feel like the 30s on, on Saturday. Yeah, high 30s, 40. Uh, so maybe, maybe it's not going to work out the way that uh, that yeah, they're, they're 
I, I heard that it's going to go from. Uh, I heard it was really like nice. We're recording this uh, Thursday evening. It's supposed to be nice on Friday, like 70s during the day. And then like within 14 hours, it's going to be like 40 degrees. I think, wait, it's going to be, is it Saturday night? It's going to be 30 something or Friday night? Um, Research here. Uh, Saturday night, Saturday night. You're right. Sunday is going to be the day. It's going to be really cold. No, no. Oh. Here, I think, I think, believe it or not. This is really funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's Saturday, sunny. All right. That it's Saturday, uh, Saturday night. Oh, in the middle of the night. So it'll already have been Sunday. That's right. Okay. That, that's seven, 37 degrees where I am at, but in Broward, um, but it's going to go from 37 to 60 in a matter of whatever however many hours 10 hours yes. I don't just know. make sure you've got josh connerly locked in his hotel room until it, <laughs> until it gets back <laughs> up to 60 degrees oh my god you're right it's gonna be oh that's crazy oh that's not good for them recruiting <laughs> wise no yeah. you don't want those kids to come and say ah oh, that's bs it's 37 in miami yeah, yeah. all right now, well, now you're looking for in your miami trip um but yeah i mean just uh, like on a more oh serious God. note, it does help to get those last guys. And and you look at, yeah. I guess let's just run through the guys who are coming um, okay. this weekend. You obviously got Shamar Stewart, five-star defensive lineman from Monsignor Pace. Josh mm-hmm. Connerly, five-star defensive, or five-star tackle from uh, Seattle. You got a couple other local kids, R. Mason Thomas from Cardinal Gibbons, uh, defensive end, linebacker. Right now, coming to Iowa State, I think Miami's got a real good shot to flip him. He was kind of a breakout star. Uh, this year for Gibbons. Same goes for Ahmad Moten, uh, his teammate there, defensive tackle, 6'3", 290. Another guy didn't have any offers five months ago and it now has like 20 plus. Seems like it's a Miami, Oklahoma battle on him. Um, mm-hmm. I know he's got a really good relationship with Brad Venables. I wrote about him more in depth. Uh, you can check that out at MiamiHerald.com. Uh, also coming down, Chris, Kristen Miller, uh, four-star yep. defensive lineman from uh ellenwood georgia which i believe is kind of a, a atlanta suburb um georgia the favorite there interestingly uh, he took an official visit to famu last week so it's a little bit on that hbcu trend that's been going on i uh, got Javante citizen uh, a four-star running back from louisiana who's coming down um former lsu commit not really sure what he this will be his first official visit this month he took a lot last summer i think that the, the Odds are probably still in LSU's favor, but Miami obviously getting that last push. And the last one, Anes Cooper, uh, three-star tackle from Pleasant Grove, Alabama, 6'6", 352. Uh, Miami just offered him like a week ago, um, so they're making a late run at him. And It is 6'6", 352. That is a big body. So I'd say if I had to guess who they're going to come out of here with, I think they got a good shot with Cooper uh, Iuli, who came down a couple of weeks ago. Again, like I think he was committed to Oregon at one point, or was like at least a very heavy lean to Oregon, um, right? You know, and then everything else feels kind of like fifty-fifty uh, battles. Miami's trying to take its last swings here uh, with guys like Stewart, Thomas, um, Moten. So uh, could go a lot of different ways coming off this weekend. I think. Right. Um, hmm. Well, 
I'm looking at the uh, at at some of these guys. Um, See, I mean, I, again, a lot, lots of linemen. I, I love that he's getting linemen. Yeah, Matthew way. McCoy, another guy there in the mix on from St. Augustine, um, visited a couple of weeks back. Uh, I think Florida, you know, Florida is like kind of viewed as the favorite now. I think at this point, at least in the, the crystal ball, after they offered him recently, um, UCF also in there. Uh, so yeah, a lot, a lot of linemen, particularly offensive linemen, which again, that's kind of crystal ball specialty obviously. And it's interesting, you know, he comes in and what did he say? The first thing he was going to do was right. Evaluate the roster. Um, yeah. And, and you, his, and I think it's not a secret, yeah. like you could, you could see it from the outside. Um, this team's got to get better in the trenches. The defensive line, I think was really underwhelming last year. The offensive line uh, got much better as the year went on. I think he probably feels pretty good about this group for next year that they, they have coming back. But um, you can tell, obviously, he he real he knows that, and I think you know it's not a, it's, it hasn't been a secret. Manny Diaz knew it too, that uh, you got to really recruit hard at offensive line, and you know that is in a lot of ways, it's like it was part of the selling point with him, right? Is that he's kind of recruit totally. offensive lineman, and he's totally. offensive lineman, and that has been the single biggest weakness for this program over the last. 10 plus years, it feels like. And, and yeah. seeing the early returns on that, obviously he's got to close the deal with a lot of these guys and then develop them when they get to campus. But um, just the number of offensive linemen he's in the mix for going into signing day. And the fact that you can get a five-star tackle to come to campus uh, all the way from Seattle, like it's all good signs. It, it, it points to uh, success in that realm, future success in that realm that, that Miami was banking on him being good in. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't get better. I mean, Mario's one of the best recruiters anyway, but yeah. can't you just see him talking one-on-one with an offensive lineman or in a group? I could just see it, you know, and, and all those friends he has who are offensive linemen type. So, I, um, and Mirabal's good too. Like he's got a rep as a good offensive line coach, even though you wouldn't expect yes. it looking at him. Oh, he's got a great reputation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's very exciting. Actually, it makes it makes me much more hopeful for this team, for this program going forward. Yeah. And again, like I think Miami could come away with two or three new offensive linemen by the time we get to signing day, which, uh, you know, would be huge because of, like I said, they've, they've got to stack that depth behind. Again, I think the group they have coming back next year, especially with Zion uh, Nelson coming back. Um, Jalen Rivers, healthy, I hope, right. presumably after uh, he looked really good at the start of last year. Like, they've got a nice little group of – Ja'Kai Clark. Five, six, Clark. Clark. Um, you know, John Campbell, who didn't play at all last year. DJ Scaife, who has been, I think, by the end of last year, was kind of one of their best guys. So, they've got a nice little group. But, yeah, it's, it's filling that group behind them. And um, I, I think that's probably the first thing that Mario Cristobal looked at and was like, Whoa, we gotta we gotta get this straightened out. Yeah, and they know they've got the quarterback. So yeah. um yeah. Uh any other like kind of big picture thoughts going to sign day? Any of these guys uh, you're you're kind of curious about? Oh I'm, I'm curious about Shamar Stewart, but I don't I don't know. I don't feel it because everything I read, I mean you 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 know these guys, but everything yeah. I read it's it's it seems like uh it's texas a&m I, I i mean 
I have thought so. So Shamar took a visit to Texas A and M like right at the end of summer, uh, like right as like you know, right before his season preseason started. And since then, um, I have thought Texas A and M was in the lead. I still uh-huh. think Texas A and M is in the lead just because I haven't seen anything that make me think differently necessarily. Um, I know he really enjoyed that trip out there, but I also know he didn't. He didn't make that second trip back there in, in January. Um, I know Mario right. Cristobal on that. That I know Mario Cristobal has, has made a difference, right? It just it's obvious. Um, you know, and I again, I think Miami. You know, Miami would have been in the mix for him no matter what. They'd probably be in the top three, even if Manny Diaz was still here. But I think it goes from like Texas A and M for sure to like again. Miami gets the last visit here. They get to really like take that last swing. And um, yeah, try to sell him again. I if if I think if signing day was right now, like at six p.m. on January twenty seventh, as we're talking right now, if he had to say right now where he was going, probably be Texas A and M. But I think he's open to being convinced otherwise. Is I guess the way I would put it. Yeah, but I do think that I do think the lack of a defensive coordinator might hurt. But it does help that they have the defensive line coach. Yes. Boy, does he look – doesn't he look big? Yes. I uh, <laughs> I talked to Ahmad Moten the other day, and it was right, right after he had the in-home visit. And, like, that was, like, the first thing, like you said, he was, like, he's huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> he's like, huge. Yeah. He's huge. I mean, he's seriously huge. It just yeah. – it lends some credibility right away without yeah. anything else. But, uh, yeah, that's who – to me, that would be so exciting. If they could get him, because he'd be like another, yeah, know, local, another local kid. Like I, I, another, think, I, you know, I think part of what Miami is selling, particularly to these local kids, and right? I think we talked about this when they got Wesley Besaint, um, is, you know, the like I said, James Williams is probably everyone's second favorite player already, right behind Tyler Van Dyke. Like he's probably the yeah. second most popular player on the team. Um, oh. Cam Kinchins sure. is probably top five. Leonard Taylor, who didn't start a single game last year, is one of the seven or eight most popular players in the team already. Like, and it's a lot of it is because they're local kids. And, and I think I think Wesley felt that when he uh committed to Miami. Uh, you know, he could start at linebacker next year and become a one of the fan favorites right away. And and obviously Shamar Stewart is in a, a similar position where um you know, if he's playing that Leonard Taylor role next year, he's going to be uh, one of the most popular guys on the team. I mean, I love that, David, because it just it reminds me so much of just going back to like the all the way back to right. like the late 90s um, after Butch was here and they got guys like Dan Morgan and these really all, you know, Santana Moss and all these guys that signed that were all local kids that, you know, were bringing, you know, Ed Reed that were bringing UM back. Um, although Ed Reed's not local, actually. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's Louisiana. But but there were local kids that wanted to, you know, wanted to bring the right bring the program back. And it just they really did. And um, and they and they did it. And it, there was something about kids that are from here that do it. That is contagious. Yeah, that, that, that's why, you know, it's great that they're getting Josh Connerly to come in from, from Seattle. In all likelihood, he's not going to commit to Miami. And it's great that they can convince him to come. You know, people were really excited seeing this 
junior day they had over the weekend where it was all these guys from all over the country coming and saying they're, you know, right. generic nice things about Miami. Um, that's all great. And it's great. You know, Mario Cristobal, it's one thing a lot of like local high school coaches have talked about when I, when I've at, talked to them about Mario Cristobal is, uh, especially the ones who care about Miami, who are Miami fans, who, who want to see Miami do well is you can, obviously you're, you're, you gotta, your base has to be local kids, but it's great that Mario Cristobal can go out and pluck a Dave Iuli or a, uh, you know, get Jaleel Skinner or, uh, you know, get Cyrus Moss to come from Las Vegas, but you still gotta, for Mario Cristobal to be successful, they still, their base has to be the local kids. And that is, you know, Shamar, that's why Shamar Stewart's number one on this list. That is why I think it would be huge for Miami to get an R. Mason Thomas or an Ahmad Moten, because those are guys who, um, you know, Miami, I, don't, I can't remember the last time Miami got from Cardinal Gibbons. You know, they lost out on Chris Bogle, who went to Florida from there. And those are guys who, you know, I think a lot of these local coaches sometimes feel like Miami would, like, overlook the hidden gems or whatever. You know, they were not really recruiting Ahmad Moten super heavily, but – Mario was recruiting him really hard when he was at Oregon. And, um, you know, I think there would be a good chance he'd be going to Oregon with to play for Mario Cristobal if he was still there right now. Uh, so I, I think yeah. the, the local names that they're, they're trying to add here um, uh, are the ones that, that really matter because, again, it's, it's going to be hey, so buddy. hit or miss. You know, you're going to get your spots where you can really convince an out-of-state kid, but you have to, have to, have to establish that local base. And this was not the best local recruiting class. Um, just you look at the sheer number of blue chip recruits from South Florida, it does not stack up necessarily with some recent years. But if you get a Shamar Stewart, you get a Wesley Besaint, you get those two Gibbons kids. Like those are four of the 15 best or 10 or 15 best or whatever from, from South Florida. And um, you, know, you missed out on those heritage kids. You missed out on the Chaminade defensive ends, but but it's a good – it was a really good um, really good recovery after it was pretty dicey there, I think, a couple months ago locally. Yes, and the interesting thing is that Mario also, because now he still has such a close connection to the West Coast. Yeah. That it's kind of interesting this year. I mean, I don't know how much that will wane. Right, yeah, that is a really good point. I, I, I think he's he's keeping that alive, you know. So he's getting some transfers from out west, and um, and he needs to do that because this is the time to do that. They, they know him there; they know him as much as the kids here know him. So um, maybe more. So it's kind of now he has that going for him too. Um, but that we'll see in years to come. That won't be as much. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like a Cyrus Miami's obviously recruited Bishop Gorman before. Like maybe they would have a shot of Cyrus Moss, no matter what. But obviously that was all Mario Cristobal. Like he was going to go to Oregon. My, Mario Cristobal came to Miami. Um, oh. All is into Miami. Um, but yeah, like the, like the Dave Iulis, the Josh Connerlys, like is Miami going to, you know, guy from the Pacific Northwest, like has Miami ever really recruited the Pacific Northwest? Not really. Like maybe it'll, again, like no. said, maybe it'll be no. a. California. Yeah. But yeah. not. Maybe it'll be something that sticks around because Mario Cristobal has got his connections there. But yeah, like they might get two or three more guys that they're getting just because they were in Mario Cristobal's recruiting footprint when he was at Oregon. And you just can't, you can't prioritize, like you can't, no, you can't recruit every 
lineman from the Pacific Northwest when you're at Miami. Obviously, Mario knows that. Um, but, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if it's something that is a trend or if it's just a, a one year, uh, maybe one, two, three years. Eventually, it's gonna it has to wane. Just that's how yeah how it how it works. People will forget that Mario Cristobal was at Oregon. The high school kids who are ten years right. old now and <laughs> seven years from now. All right. Um, should we wrap things up with basketball? They're on sure. Michelle on this week, but I covered that game last night um, where Charlie Moore hits the uh, half court shot at the buzzer. Unfortunately, I was not up in Blacksburg, Virginia for that. Um, but it was another, you know, I, I don't know if there's a ton of analysis to do. You know, Miami was looked really good on offense for a while, uh, for actually for the whole game. Um, a lot of their weaknesses nearly came back to bite them. They could not rebound a lick. They, uh, their defense was pretty terrible. Uh, Virginia Tech shot like 55% from three. Um, but it didn't matter because um, Charlie Moore hit one of the uh, craziest shots of the, of the year. And Miami pulled out a win in Blacksburg and remains atop the ACC. Uh, won a lot of close games lately. Lost a lot of close games lately. That's like kind of the one concern I'd probably have if I was a Miami fan. It's like, can we beat someone by 10? please, instead of uh, going into every right. game down to the wire. But, I tell you uh, what, they're never going to believe that they, they – ever <laughs> going to believe they're out of it now, ever. And no, you, never. I mean, you look at the last two games, right, the, the Florida State game where they were down, what, 26 in the first yeah. half and right. had a shot to win it at the buzzer. Um, it's, a, it's just a really fun team to, like, follow, to watch because of that element where, first of all, they – score a ton and don't really defend so those games are fun to watch because uh it's a lot of shots being made but um at the same time like every game going down to the wire and them winning a lot of them winning by duke at duke by two two one-point losses at florida state uh one point win against syracuse and now a three-point win uh at virginia tech or you know they're this team's Got to make the tournament at this point, barring a total collapse. Um, right. Every time I'm like, oh, they're going to be ranked, they, they end up losing the weekend game. So we'll see what they do uh, <laughs> at Georgia Tech on Saturday. But um, do. it does feel yeah. like every every week, uh, you know, this team is doing a little bit more to, to generate some buzz, which has been sorely needed uh, for Miami basketball. It's been a, uh, a rough couple of years, as we've said a lot. Right. It, it's, that was an amazing – Amazing last shot. And you know what, David, uh, you know, I, I said that UM will never believe that they're out of it. Guess what? The other team also yeah. to play is never going to believe UM's out of it. So I, I, I almost think that that makes them a little nervous. I, I swear. I, I almost think that makes them a little more on edge late in the game. I mean, depending, I mean, I'm not talking about if UM's 10 points down, you know, right. 30 seconds left, but um, I, I think it'll affect the other team's psyche too, which is kind of interesting. So Michelle did a whole story that she posted today on that with Charlie Moore, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, uh, I think it's just the way this team is, you know, when you have four guys, five guys really, who can all hit threes and, you know, Isaiah Long's one of the best tough shot makers in the country. And Cam Augusti just seems like he can, get, he can get a pretty good look whenever he wants. And, you know, Charlie Moore with his he, – he's got kind of unlimited range, as we saw, half-court range uh, from three. Uh, right. You know, it's like 
there is that element for the defense where it's like, it's not just being nervous that they, they're going to come back somehow because of like the gods of ba- the basketball gods are have deemed it such, but like right. you gotta be perfect defending this team uh, or they're going to ever like, you can't, you just can't slip up a rotation because the guy will get an open three or whatever. And Miami can knock that down. You know, they hit more than 50% last night too. Uh, shot like 53% from the field. Like they're just a really good offensive team. And, you know, the defense ultimately, you know, in all likelihood, the team is not going to win the national championship. And whenever their season ends, it'll probably be because the defense just breaks down and they give up 85 points and don't quite keep up on offense. But um, they're going to have a chance to win pretty much every game. I mean, it's interesting because the ACC is so down, like maybe – there's just some teams in some other leagues that can just overwhelm Miami for whatever reason. But uh, right. in the ACC, I mean, Miami now, like I said, uh, a half game up in the, in the league, obviously they have that tiebreaker against Duke who's in that, that tie for second. Um, so, you know, they, there's a, like right now, no one looks better in the ACC than, than Miami, which, I've kind of felt is the case for a couple of weeks, you know, Duke, I think everyone is like, they're going to get it together fully at one point and just go on a run and maybe win the league. But um, right now Miami is uh, obviously in, in prime position to, uh, to win this conference and keep rising up the seed line. And, and, you know, we're going to be talking about this team into March. Maybe they'll even be ranked one day. They beat Georgia tech on Saturday. They have to be ranked. I'm, I'm telling you, I think it's better that they're not. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, keep, I, I, think they, I think they don't care. I mean, I think they would like to see their little number next to their name. But uh, yeah, you know, you know, L's bringing it up. Like they, they really don't think we're one of the 25 best teams in the country. So yeah, yeah. And, it's and, a benefit and, right now, I think. It's always a benefit. Yeah. And I, I, I think we should end this by reminding people if they didn't know that, and they probably don't know that Monday, uh, the ACC is, uh, is announcing the oh yeah schedule for, yeah football schedule comes out Monday the ACC schedule yep so um, so we we already know you know we already know Miami's playing Bethune Cookman on September third and playing Southern Miss on September tenth and traveling to Texas A and M September seventeenth so we'll talk about that next week but Miami's gonna uh, I mean they're traveling to Texas A and M and and to Clemson. So Clemson, I think for the first time since 2010. Well, they played them last year. Remember in the weird schedule. Yeah, but I mean, they're but my oh, traveling. No, they yeah. traveled to Clemson last year or 2020. Oh, Clemson. Oh, because we couldn't go to the game. Right. Yes. And yeah. they weren't supposed to be on the schedule, but it was the uh, yeah they got rid of divisions that year. So, but yeah, so the first time in the real rotation since since 2010 and. Um, Right. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be their toughest schedule. Nobody you know. was at that game. You know what, though? There, there couldn't be that many people. Yes, it was limited capacity. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, that's totally different. Yeah. But I've been there. You know, we'll talk about that next yeah, week. Yeah, it's, it's their toughest schedule in, in a long time. Um, yes. I, I don't even know this last – when's the last time that they had two pre – you know, they're both, both those teams be preseason top ten, definitely, I would think. Um Oh, for sure. You have to go. Texas A&M is going to be highly ranked, right? Yeah. Could be the Shamar Stewart. Uh, I know. I thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of that too. Yeah. So, uh, 
All right, uh, Leah, we'll wrap things up there. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, we'll obviously yep. also come back after signing day, talk about what um, Mario Cristobal did uh, over this weekend that's coming up. And on signing day, I th- like I said, I think you can go a lot of different ways. I think Miami is going to come out of this next week with at least one other big addition. Um, we'll see how big, you know, if they can get a Shamar Stewart or, or somehow pull Josh Connerly off the West Coast, then um, – I, don't know, I think people will be getting ready to build that Mario Cristobal statue outside the hect already. Definitely. And uh, yeah. And then we'll start, then maybe some coaches will start falling. Into play. Yeah. Let's see. Um, yeah. So. Ken Dorsey, you still thinking there's a, still, still a chance there? Uh, possibly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, it depends on how Ken feels, obviously. Right. I, 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 yeah, I think Mario is definitely interested. But you know, and dominoes have to fall all over the all, NFL. Still going yeah. on. Yeah, as I tweeted last week, it feels like a because uh, Brian Dable, who's the offensive coordinator there in, in Buffalo right now, um, is a serious candidate for the Dolphins job. And like, I just think it would be pretty funny if everyone's like Ken Dorsey to Miami, and then he comes in as the Dolphins' offensive coordinator instead. Oh my Brian goodness! Dable. Right. Maybe you can do both. <laughs> Just set them up in Hard Rock Stadium uh, seven days a week. <laughs> Beef up the salary. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. Uh, we'll have it, obviously lots of signing day stuff next week. Schedule, like you said, on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. And monitoring this coaching situation that is uh, – Still up in the air. You can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Um, obviously, a lot of signing day stuff right now. I'll also be at the Senior Bowl next week. No hurricanes in the Senior Bowl, though. But uh, No. But um, I'll see Kenny Pickett. I get to see Surprising. Kenny Pickett up close in person. He's one of our – I think one of our – one of this podcast's favorite college football players of, of recent history, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> well, just just tell Kenny that uh, to remember Tyler Van Dyke outplayed him (laughs) all right uh let's close there uh thanks as always for listening and we will talk to you guys next week goodbye everybody